Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Travis. What's going on, ma'am? Howdy-ho. <laughs> and, as always, Tom. What it do? This is episode 31, and on the show this week, we are going to be discussing two new releases. We're going to be talking about Thoroughbreds, feature film debut from Corey Findlay, and we're also going to be discussing the sequel to the 2008 film, The Strangers. We're going to be talking Strangers, Pray at Night. So we'll be getting into that later in the show. Uh, first things first, though, what is up? What's going on, you guys? Hmm. Tell me about your lives. Oh, well, we've got some beautiful weather up here in Seattle this weekend. This is true. It's been gorgeous. Yeah. Still a little cold, but warm enough yeah. with the sun. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been nice. outside twice this weekend, and it's been probably seven months since I've been outside. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Went on a, on a gentle hike and uh, played some outdoor basketball today. So, it's a whole new me, guys. Where'd you go yeah. hiking at? Uh, uh, over in North Bend, somewhere nice. in the vicinity of the mountain, but uh, not on it, per se. It's a little too extreme? Uh, for our purposes yeah. this weekend, yeah. <laughs> also, I think it, there might be too much snow on the top to really, you know, complete the task. But Mount Si is like kind of a day of it, you know. It's a pain. I've done a... There's like a like little sigh, I mm-hmm. think. I've done that before. That one's not too bad. But I've never done like the big, like, it's like, what, like a seven mile hike or something? Like, I don't know. I, I I think I've done it twice. And the second time I was like, wow, this is longer than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. But uh, yeah, we took it easy. We, we were on like a three mile hike or something. Type. Yeah. Travis, you just got back from a weekend excursion to Portlandia. Yeah. Um, pretty much just ate a bunch of food and, uh, I went to the Portland art museum and saw the Leica studios exhibit. It's pretty rad. Known for, uh, the box trolls, Coraline, Paranorman, Paranorman. all that good stuff. Yep. Kubo. Right. Top 10 of, uh, Oh, I didn't know what you were saying before. Kubo. Yeah. Yeah. It's Kubo. Fuck off. <laughs> I thought you were referencing something. I just did not know what it was. <laughs> I said Paranorman. That didn't ring a bell? Well, no? sure, but that's a different movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> you saying Cubo didn't I thought maybe you were saying Cubone, and I was like, hmm, that must have been. I'm pretty sure we've made fun of Travis for that before. It was before. a pretty sweet Pokemon Q-bone. exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty dope. A Pokemon exhibit yeah. at a modern art museum? Uh, well, that's cool. So, like, what's the scale like on those things? They're pretty small, right? I'm assuming they had like the fig, like the the clay models. Yeah, like, they had a bunch see. of props. They had like some of the clothing. They had some of the actual like figures themselves. They had a bunch of like renditions of their like facial expressions. So there's like a whole wall of the different characters with all their different little facial expressions, and then like the big monster from Kubo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fish was on display in front. Um, that sounds cool. There was the big that. like garden thing in Coraline. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but there's like this garden, and that was like the main thing on display in the middle of it. But sounds cool. You didn't answer yeah. my question. Is like, what? what is the scale of these oh. figures? How big are they? 
Well, it just depends. I mean, some are huge and then some are tiny. The actual, like, characters, like Kubo um, or Coraline, like... I would say probably, like, one to two feet tall. Huh. Bigger than really? I would have guessed. I yeah. would have thought they were, like, tiny. Oh, yeah. I thought they were tiny for sure. Yeah. I mean, some of them might have been, like, eight or nine inches or so, but... Yeah. The, Still, that's even that is probably bigger than that. The, the, like, main villain of Kubo, there was... Um, Kubo. <laughs> there was two different sizes. There was a giant one that like went to like the top of the ceiling, and then there was one that was like a couple mm-hmm. feet tall. Okay. Yeah. Right on. I got some pics if you guys want to see. Well, I saw your Instagram story, so I saw, or maybe it was Chelsea. One of you guys were taking yeah. lots of footage, documenting the experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's yeah, cool. it was a good time. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what have I been up to? Went to a couple shows. Uh, some crazy things going on in my personal life that I won't get into, but both of you guys, <laughs> both of you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so we're on the up and up, getting ready, gearing up for my move. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but uh, Tom, I just sent out a Facebook invite, having one final bash at my oh. apartment before I move. Epic. Friday the 23rd. You got to be there. Legendary. You got to be there. <laughs> it's the 23rd? 23rd. Oh, let me just check my shared calendar. <laughs> no, no. Uh, if there are any listeners out there in the Seattle area who don't know me personally, if you want to come to my party, shoot us an email. I'll send you the address. You can hang out and hang with the hosts. It'll be huge. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what's been going on with me. I have to make a car payment on the 23rd. Oh, shit. Well, Tom's out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Booked. All right, man. It's in there. <clears throat> Hell yeah. It's in there from five The to wife six. is invited as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on with me is gearing up for my move. Gearing up as in I haven't actually started. Moving your gear. I'm, I'm, I'm at You're the stage mentally where I'm... preparing yourself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> organizing in your brain <laughs> what i will do to organize yeah. for inevitably packing all my uh-huh. shit up yeah at the very last minute yes. is it okay <laughs> to pack your criterion collection with your bluetooths is it okay all the <laughs> your blu-rays, blu-rays, your blu-rays their I mean, own boxes uh, yeah okay <laughs> individual <laughs> yeah each each criterion gets its own box bubble wrap peanuts <laughs> bubble wrap uh-huh. <laughs> the whole moving truck just falls does this fuzzy pillow it. belong to me or to Sarah? <laughs> well, that's because I've been living in that apartment for five years, and I lived there for the first half with a serious girlfriend, and then with my friend Sarah. So, like, everything is just kind of bled together. Like, a lot mm. of stuff I know is mine, but there's some shit I'm like. Well, you're going to no come across at least four spatulas that are com- with without an owner. Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, is that me? <laughs> no, that's yours. No, you can have it. No. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. A silent auction. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually going to be part of the part of the event, part of the party. Yeah, like silent they do in Get Out. For all of your all of your crap. <laughs> Nobody wants. <it. laughs> I'll have like a free pile in the corner of my living room. Just like, Take what you want. <laughs> free pile. Uh, so yeah, before we get into our reviews, let's let's talk Oscars. Mm-hmm. So this happened uh, a week ago. We uh, made picks. Uh, on the last show, as far as uh, each award, what we thought, well, what we wanted to win and what we thought would win. So we tallied the results from the Oscars and uh, we had a tie, actually. Tom and Travis 
both tied. You get what, like yeah. 18 correct answers or something like that? <sighs> Probably ar- around that. Around yeah. Out of how many? 23, 24. Something like that. I don't have the exact count. Wow. Yeah, we did pretty good. Yeah. Especially for how much little thought we put into it. I know. <laughs> You're only away from like two, right? It's like two away from us. I think I thought I was one. I was one or two. I yeah. was. I came up short. Um, you got a little too risky with your big picks. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I got Guillermo They're all Toro worth the for same. director. None of us got best picture, though. I picked Lady Bird. Well, uh, we were all praying for... One of the best movies to win. <laughs> we were. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't bring ourselves to write Shape of Water down for for the winner. Right. But I, I voted Dunkirk for yeah, best Yeah, you picture. went Dunkirk, <laughs> I went Lady Bird, and then I, Tom, did you go Get Out? Is that? No. Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which got basically no love. Did a... Uh, who won best original song? Was it... It was Coco. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, right. Remember Me. Yeah, of course. Although it was cool that uh, Gail uh, Garcia Bernal was there to, <clears throat> to sing the song. Yeah, that was cool. He was bad, though. I liked him. Most of the musical performances were that was, bad. I think that was kind of the point, though. It was like a little charm to it, you know? Yeah, I, guess so. I liked it. It was my favorite besides uh, uh, Sufjan Stevens. But he, he, they only played like two minutes of the song. Like I feel like that performance was pretty short. Everyone else seemed to have like mm-hmm. way bigger theatrics, like... He didn't even get to play the whole song. Yeah, we Are were actually about looking at the, some of that. Mystery of Love? or Yeah. Isn't that song only a couple minutes long No, it's like four minutes long. Uh, we were looking at some of that stuff afterward, or last night actually, and uh, there was one woman in his band, like backing him up, that we were like, who Same is that rock rocker chick in the back with the mini skirt that just totally is not <laughs> fitting with Sufjan's vibe? And then we were like, oh shit, that was St. Vincent. What is she doing there? Before she was like, uh, you know, a solo artist, she used to perform in his band. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't so know So he that. brought her back in for this. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Oscars were pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Like, I was expecting like lots of like passionate speeches uh-huh. and just like... People I think just... everybody was a little bit tired of the speech making, maybe, or they they assumed that so many other big speeches were being made that they didn't really prepare for that. Right, that's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah, they're pretty generic, just thank you speeches. Uh-huh. The only one that was kind of neat was uh, Frances McDormand. Oh, yeah. she was great. Yeah, <laughs> she's wonderful, and I'm glad she won. Um, I went uh, Laurie Metcalf on Best Supporting Actress, but you guys both went with Janie, mm-hmm. and yeah, you took that one home. Mm-hmm. That was the right call. She was, she was, her speech was fun. She yeah. seems to have a really cool personality. Did it yeah. all by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was a great line. Um, yeah. <laughs> Overall, though, it was not nearly as exciting as the previous year. Uh, I mean, there really weren't a ton of surprises. Yeah, I agree. Award shows are just so, like, yeah, I feel like they're never that exciting, but this year was. Like more noticeably generic. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I just I find know. myself very conflicted through the whole experience because I like to see all the celebrities. I like to see the speeches. I like the sort of celebration of cinema and all that, mm-hmm. all the rigmarole. But then you know the winners. You're always just like you're never fully satisfied, right? Yeah, you, totally. it's never going to be 100 percent right. And after seeing so many award shows, you start to see through the bullshit. You know, you're yeah. Like, we know Shape of Water is going to win because blah 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 blah. Even though. I don't think it was the best movie, you know? Yeah. No one's going to be like totally satisfied with what the Academy chooses. Like, right. 
Um, yeah. Still. It was all right. Yep. Uh, so we didn't really decide on like what happens to the loser. I mean, are you, you guys are gonna I think it was balls, just a gentleman's right? bet. <laughs> that was all just I thought a joke. we were going to pour beer over your head. That was, oh, yeah. this so, is the first mention of that, but that works. Uh, there are certainly worse punishments. So. <laughs> we'll save it for the 23rd. <laughs> Listeners have to come to the party. We, to should, see oh, yeah. we should have a shaming there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Facebook, you guys know that Matt it. has a movie podcast, right? Well, guess what? He lost at his own damn game. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's going to do it for Oscar talk. Um, Let's get into our first featured review. Uh, we're going to start with Thoroughbreds. We have a clip. Let's listen in. You ever think about just killing him? I mean, no. Could at least consider it. No. Just weigh the pros and cons. No. Why don't you consider all options? Yeah, not like murder. Yeah, sure, it's outside the box, but you can only get so far thinking how everyone else thinks. Look at Steve Jobs. What? I'm just going off what you're giving me. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Seems like you could generate a lot of benefit for a lot of people. Except I'd spend the rest of my life in jail. Why are you assuming you get caught? Okay, Thoroughbreds is written and directed by newcomer Corey Finley. Plot synopsis reads, Two upper-class teenage girls in suburban Connecticut rekindle their unlikely friendship after years of growing apart. Together, they hatch a plan to solve both of their problems, no matter what the cost. Film stars... Uh, this cast list is out of order. Here we go. Olivia Cook. Anya Taylor-Joy of The Witch. Uh, Olivia Cook was the dying girl in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, no way. And the late Anton Yelchin in mm -hmm. his last ever film appearance. This was the last thing he filmed before he uh, passed away. Uh, what did you guys think of Thoroughbreds? This wasn't really on my radar mm -hmm. up until this week. I hadn't even seen a trailer I just, I had seen like the Facebook advertisements, you know, that would come up in my feed. So I like see it without the sound and be like, oh, that looks kind of neat. And we just decided to go with Thoroughbreds. Yeah. What did you guys think of it? Tom, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I thought it started out pretty promising, but I'm going to steal my wife's assessment, which I think was probably the, the best that we were able to come up with, which was that it was obnoxiously restrained. There's a lot of opportunities where I think they could have taken things further, um, but didn't, you know, like, I don't want to get into any specifics yet, but um, yeah, you could tell it was restrained. There were some like cheeky attempts at kind of like style um, that I think is familiar with a lot of uh, films that have come out lately some of the stylistic choices that they made, which was kind of fun, but it also was not like the defining characteristic of the film, like, like baby driver or something. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it wasn't a bad movie, but I was, I was pretty disappointed and I didn't really know what they were going for. Like I couldn't tell if this movie was supposed to be about mental health or 
everything or class. Um, I think it was more of just a, a stylized kind of slow burn thriller. Like, I don't think it really had any message it was going mm. for. It certainly deals with subject matter, which involves mental yeah. health and, right. and, uh, the, the concept <laughs> of, um, I mean, the, the, these are well off kids who come from very rich families. So, you know, like maybe they are kind of detached from the way the real yeah. world works in a sense. Uh, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I just, I think the reason I sort of wonder if it, it was trying to portray some other message is because it is a very slow burn. Um, it's pretty deliberate and it's a thriller, but it wasn't particularly thrilling and it's, funny in parts but it could have been way funnier i would have loved for this movie like i th- I think it had a, a good premise um an interesting premise but it could have had a way more hilarious moments way more chemistry between the two girls um where they're sort of like playing off of each other's strengths and weaknesses um and just more tension like i was never really on edge during this movie hmm. even though there was opportunity for that so yeah you say it was a slow burn but for me, like I was interested throughout. Like I was Same. I wasn't I wouldn't say I was necessarily on the edge of my seat, but I was always like entertained and was wondering where the story was gonna go next. And it does like reach a pretty like bizarre climax. And I thought that that was probably the outcome, but I didn't know for sure what was actually gonna happen because they kept like, you know, flipping back and forth on whether they're gonna do it or not and mm-hmm. all that. And um yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I don't think it was like hilarious, but there was enough little bits throughout. And I love the performance of the two girls mainly. I mean, everyone was pretty good in it, but they they stood out the most. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I really liked it. Um I think there is like what you guys are talking about with class and just like capitalism and how like like people <laughs> will do anything to get what they want and like at the expense of others. Mhm. So, yeah, I I also really liked it. Um, so there's um someone that I know from college who like posted a letterbox review and described it as the ultimate slow burn, but in a bad way. Like he was super bored by it, and yeah. then it didn't really pay off for him. Whereas I think I I I like Travis was engaged the whole way through the film, and I think most of that. I can attribute to the two lead performances. I thought they had great chemistry. They were different enough. I especially liked Olivia Cook, who is they they kind of toy with the idea. Well, not kind of. They explicitly deal with the notion that she's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. So you have what the movie ends up doing with that is interesting by the end, which I thought, I mean, we should probably get into a little bit of spoiler talk at the end, just because I do want to talk about the ending of the movie. But I really liked the two lead performances. Uh, I thought Anton Yelchin was a lot of fun. Um, he's not in the movie a ton, but he kind of plays this like uh, drug dealer Grease with uh, grand aspirations, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is kind of slimy. Like, uh, I thought he was great. Um he had some pretty funny lines in the movie, too. And he did, yeah. It was one of those movies that wasn't like consistently laugh-out-loud funny by any means, but I, I liked he, the sense of humor. I thought he was an interesting character. I, I didn't... Yeah. It kind of reminded me of love that like, Yorgos Lanthimos' stuff, just maybe not as like bizarre 
like set in a different world. Like it's still a part of like the world we live in, but like the humor and like the mood and like the music choices. Music like, for sure. Yeah. 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 The, Do you know who did the, the score? Music was good. Because it was pretty experimental and it almost reminded me of like the stuff in Cretia, if you remember that. Yeah, and it's especially, like, by the end of the movie, it makes sense that the music is like that. But early on, especially because I think all three of us didn't really know what to expect with this movie, the the score definitely helped build tension for me because it was... Even if the scene wasn't particularly tense or anything, the music was tense and strange. So yeah. it kind of yeah. added like off-putting. Like, well, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and I I went into it like optimistic. I did I did watch the trailer before I went to see it, um, and I tried to stick with it for a long time. You know, like they have the chapters, so I'm expecting some level of escalation throughout the chapters. I just really didn't feel the payoff. Like it after. You know, a couple of tense moments toward the beginning with the music where you have some sense of like um, mystery, some sense of suspense. Eventually, I wanted that to turn into something a little bit livelier and it just never really does. Yeah. Um, and you brought up the chapters. I don't even really see a point in those. Yeah. What? Like you could have. What, what were those chapters for? <laughs> I think it was just a stylistic choice. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I was sort of noticing throughout the movie was like, they're definitely going for style. Like the Ave Maria scene, which I enjoyed. I like that, yeah. Um, and the, when you hear the horse noise come out of her mouth, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like kind of cool. I didn't have a problem with any of that, but it just wasn't cohesive enough throughout the film to... I don't know, to really make that like a defining characteristic. Sure, sure. You get any details on that score? Who did it? Yeah, some guy who's has done stuff, but not, uh, yeah. not anything. The score was cool. for sure a highlight with the drums and everything. Like the, it sounded like tribal. And the weird strings, like the, the weird plucking. That, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, kind of creepy. Like, um, that was cool. And I also, uh like visually i thought it was interesting like there were a couple scenes especially early on that stood out to me where the two girls would be having a conversation and typically when you're filming a conversation between two characters you do the shot reverse shot thing where the character's like head is on one side of the frame and their gaze is going across the frame so it cuts back and forth and they're looking across the frame but this movie did the thing where their head like let's say is to the left of the frame and they're looking to the left. So the character is looking like their gaze is right at the edge of the screen. And mm-hmm. then everything to the right is just background. Right. You know? That kind of stuff stood out to me. It was definitely a deliberate choice, which is, it's not anything we haven't seen before, but especially right. for a first time director. Um, I mean, maybe. Well, it's sort of suggesting you might see something in the background, which adds to the, the tension. Right. Right. Background. <laughs> I did like the slow burn nature of it, though. Cause... Should have seen Strangers too, man. Oh man, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, the house was super disorienting. I liked the house setting for sure because, like, you can't tell how many rooms there are. They follow the characters through. Everything's marble, so it's even hard to distinguish like one hallway from the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also gaudy it was a pretty cool like setting for most of the film how about the stepdad perfect douchebag right well yeah (laughs) but again when you're talking about 
when you know when I'm talking about like how I wanted this movie to do more, like he's an asshole, but we should I guess we can say the premise of the film is that they consider murdering him, right? That I think that comes out in the trailer. This is Anya Taylor Joy's yeah stepdad, and uh, Olivia Cook's character. Uh, basically, we find like killed a horse, which. Through most of the movie, we know that that happened, but we don't really know the circumstances. And then we find out, like, you know, what actually happened with that event. Right. So that um, scene of her, like, going into detail of what happened was pretty brutal. It was good, though. <laughs> but it's so, that was such a cool scene for me because they were outside. It was sunny. Yeah. She was, like, playing chess. It was, like, a, like, a, a huge the board, like, board. stone pieces. And she's just, like, <clears throat> playing herself. Yeah, just giving, like, vivid descriptions of, like, yeah. basically mutilating a horse, you know? Right, it's like you could picture what was going on, like, in your head just by her description. Yeah, but, like, <clears throat> that juxtaposed with, like, the setting. Like, they're mm-hmm. on, like, this gorgeous, like, estate. Like, Also, I really liked the the styling in the movie. Like, the costumes that the girls wore. Well, yeah. The costumes, but, you know. Their outfits were super cool. Yeah, because, I mean, they both come from wealth, but I, I liked... Uh, the decisions they made as far as like dressing them up that stuff was cool yeah um but going back to the stepdad character though i mean he's a douchebag clearly but he's not totally wrong about everything right <laughs> and they you know i can understand a character going like too deep and i mean I, there's no real justifiable s- scenario for murder in that instance but you don't get enough background on why their relationship is so contentious to sort of justify like where her head's at you know you've got one character who's like very disturbed (laughs) or i mean take it how you want like she has she has no emotions yes and then you have another character who seems pretty normal if uh you know a frustrated teenager you know with pressures on her but where they are they began butting heads and why this is so severe for her or like her sort of spiral out of control i don't don't feel like that was represented well enough i don't know i feel like if you want to view it as like a straight-up thriller it maybe doesn't work 100 percent. but like if you view it metaphorically then like you can kind of you know Mm -hmm. forgive some of that stuff and just kind of go along with it because it's trying to do something bigger than just like a straight up thriller yeah i also think the the end of the movie is telling as far as i mean we'll get into it in a minute here but i do think the way that the movie concludes things kind of flip and rather like i think the point is that we didn't need the backstory between them i think there was just something like within her that was always there. This other girl like awoke, you know, woke in her. Mm. Now we'll get into that in a minute here. Um, I want to get into some spoilers on this movie. Um, <clears throat> anything else you guys want to say before we do star ratings? Well, I was just going to make a point. I, I didn't really think about until just now, but like, if you do think about the movie, uh, there's a lot of like violent, like heinous acts, committed in the movie but most of them are all like off screen suggestions yeah. of violence yeah 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 there really isn't any there's no violence that we actually see right at all we see the aftermath of violence but there's a character who gets like a, a blow to the head but oh like, that's true we do but see you only that. see 
the act and then you see the aftermath, but you don't actually really see it in the moment. Right, right. You see, yeah, yeah. That's, and that, that's really the only thing as far as like violence that occurs. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else before you start, Angs? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's four and a half for me. Four and a half. Three. Mm. I still like, you know, I thought the performances were fine and everything. I'd be curious to see what, what this director does next. I was just bored. Apparently before he did this, like he, he wrote this screenplay, but before he like made the movie, he was just like a, a tutor at a university or something. I think I read like yeah, no background, he did in, much. no background in filmmaking. He just like, wrote I think he might've wrote a few like stage plays or something, but nothing really in film. Yeah. I didn't read the full article, so I don't really know like his, his full background, but apparently he's just, he just kind of mm. not lucked into this, but it just so happened that, not just the screenplay, he somehow like made his way into the director's chair and did a really good job. It's definitely yeah. a confident confident direction. You can definitely say that for him. Like The more I think about it, it is reminiscent of Yorgos Lanthimos, especially of Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels there. One of your favorite movies of last year. Mm-hmm. Way better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> way better. <laughs> maybe five (laughs) probably a five i won't say way better but i still think it's color of sacred area is better yeah agreed okay let's talk some spoilers uh let's talk about the ending of the movie both the climax and kind of the uh prologue i guess or no epilogue Mm -hmm. so I, i i commented to travis when the movie was over Essentially, they they do follow through with murdering the stepdad, but the way that whole thing played out, I thought was very unexpected. I don't know about you, Tom. Oh yeah. But with the whole like them hanging out on the couch, and she finds out Anya Taylor Joy's character basically roofied Olivia Cook, and then she tries to get her to stop, and then she just like grabs the orange juice and drinks the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, the drugs are starting to kick in, and she asks, like, why you did that? And isn't her response, like, you're right, like, my life is worthless, basically? Because, like, Anya Taylor-Joy's character makes a uh, a comment about how, like, why why haven't you killed yourself, basically? Like, if you can't feel emotion, what's the point, you know? Yeah. And she kind of was like, oh, I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. So that, that was unexpected for me. Because, like, that's one kind of a stupid plan like she was gonna that's a terrible plan roofie. yeah so and it looks terrible after it happens like you're immediately like wow that was a bad plan yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's so i i made a comment to travis uh there's a shot where she she returns from killing her stepfather she's covered in blood she like rubs blood all over olivia cook's character yeah, that was gnarly. and she like she lay, she feels like remorse. Like she's sad that, cause like she did realize that she was actually like a good friend, you know? So she, and that she just killed somebody. Yes. And that she was <laughs> placing the blame on her friend. So she like basically cuddles with her on the couch as she's passed out. And I wanted so badly for the movie to end right there. <laughs> cause it does cut to black. And I was mm. like, yes, yes, yes. It's going to end right there. And then it comes back in and then it's like, Oh, well now we're, now we have an epilogue. And I didn't hate the epilogue. I'll talk more about that in a second. But I really, really feel like I wish it had ended there. Because like you said, it's a stupid plan. And it seems crazy that it would work. 
but it works. She got away with it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I would have liked not knowing the resolution. I feel like the emotional impact would have been better if it just ends with her basically having just gone through the traumatic experience where she killed her stepdad and then realizes like what she's just done, you know? But what the epilogue does is it basically reveals that like she's kind of a psychopath and she just, you know. But in a in a more relatable like, you know, capitalistic everybody's kind of a psychopath, like willing to do crazy things to get money and power. Right. Hmm. So I really liked how um there was like a payoff with the whole exercise machine because like at the start of the movie like she makes a comment about her stepdad always on the rower and like she's she basically she, I think she even makes a comment like I'm going to fucking kill him because of it mm-hmm. like that sound just drives her crazy and then that scene it's just on the couch downstairs and then you see her go upstairs the rowing machine's going and then yeah. finally it just stops yeah. and it's obvious that's going to happen because they've kind of been leading up to it the whole movie yeah um and then I'm sure you guys noticed this as well, but like during that scene, the camera just like slowly zoomed in on the couch, like yeah. super slow. <laughs> that was pretty unnerving. I thought that was boring. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would have rather seen her just go up there and fucking you do want, it. You want to see the violence on screen? Yeah. Yes. For once in the whole movie, <laughs> you know, they don't show us the horse. Michael Hanukkah would be ashamed uh, of you right now. Anton. <laughs> Anton. <laughs> Never shows up. You don't see a showdown there. You don't see her actually do the deed. Like he does show it's up. It's fine but... if you if you like leave out one of those things or two of those things. But all three of them, I'm just like, oh well, they're not going to show it to us. They're definitely not. We're going to have to sit here and watch this girl asleep on the couch for like three minutes. I do like that tension a lot, though. Like especially the scene where Anton Yelchin like does go to the house you know because the stepdad is awake so you're immediately like oh shit like something's gonna go bad here because he's Mm -hmm. awake he sees the lights come on he goes downstairs so like you're there's tension because you're assuming that anton yelchin's gonna get caught trying to do it but it turns out all he was doing was trying to get his gun and leave you know Mm -hmm. like there's the whole all the tension comes from like the suggestion of potential violence you know you don't actually see any of it and then when you do you also don't see that you just hear it and then you see her come down the stairs covered in blood wearing fucking like kitchen gloves you know cleaning gloves that was a nice touch the gloves yeah Yeah. because it's like (laughs) you need a fucking hazmat suit you know not just two yellow gloves and she just comes down just covered in it yeah gets on the pristine couch yeah (laughs) yeah are we are we meant to believe her character at the end as far like she said she never read the letter she just threw it away i wasn't sure i wasn't sure either i kind yeah, of feel know. like we that is what we were supposed to believe because i think we're meant to believe that like she was the real like she She's olivia cook is psychopath. a sociopath yeah. but not in like a in an evil way yeah you know? right whereas anya taylor joy like she's the one who actually was actively pursuing she's selfish murdering. yes exactly so then at the end i th- i think the conversation where you know we see olivia cook's character in the the mental institution uh i think it was just her narrating the letter i i think we were meant to believe that she literally did just rip it up and like she never actually cared at all about 
her friend. Or she, she cared, but she cared about her life more. Right, yeah. Her own selfishness outweighed any remorse she felt, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I do still wish... I thought it would have been a more impactful ending if they just ended it with... The two of them. Well, that was a great scene when she cu- when she gets back on the couch and then starts breaking down. Mm-hmm. That was good. I thought that was awesome. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to mention? No. All right. Well, let's move on. We're going to be talking the strangers pray at night. I think we got a good one ahead of us here. Oh yeah. Let's listen to a clip and we'll be back. Guys, the door's not even locked. Is Tamara home? You lost or something? You want me to call someone? Be okay. Same girl? Yeah. Where are the kids? What? Did they wander off? Okay, so The Strangers Pray at Night is directed by Johannes Roberts, written by Brian Bertino and Ben Katai. Brian Bertino uh, did the original screenplay. Uh, he also directed the first film. Um The plot synopsis reads, A family staying in a secluded mobile home park for the night are visited by three masked psychopaths to test their every limit. Uh, The film stars Christina Hendricks, Bailey Madison, Martin Henderson, uh, Louis Pullman. Really just Christina Hendricks there, I guess, is the the only known actor. Um, Real quick, though, before we get into the sequel, I wanted to talk about The Strangers, the original, which we have talked about on the show before. Um, Oh, we should also say Tom didn't get a chance to see this movie uh, because he also hasn't seen The Strangers, but he saw the last 15 minutes of it, which I think he talked about on on another episode. That probably came up during our horror bracket. The horror bracket, yeah. Um, So I had only ever seen this movie once. 10 years ago in the theater when it came out. And this is one of those movies where it's just like burned into my brain. So I was going to watch it with Travis, but we saw Thoroughbreds instead. So he just let me borrow it. Cause you said you've seen it. What? Like three I've or four seen times? It probably like two or three times, but I didn't see it in the theater. I've only seen it at home. Okay. So it had been a long time since I've seen it, but it was like, I mean, I remembered like everything. This movie is my literal worst nightmare. Like, even though I had already seen it and I knew what was going to happen, it's this movie just scares the shit out of me. Because as I've said before, like home invasion stuff is like my favorite within the horror genre, just because it seems the most realistic. And the notion of these psychopaths just preying upon people for no good reason just random acts of violence and the fact that they are just toying with them is so scary to me because every step along the way in the original strangers there really isn't any 
like violence that really happens until like toward the very end of the movie. A lot of it is you see them in the background in the house, which is fucking scary. They steal phones and break them and throw them in the fire, leave like messages on windows. It's just a fucking game. And that's so scary to me. Um, so on a second watch, like still, this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Having said that, Strangers Pray at Night. Um, it's not as good as The Strangers. It's not very scary. Um, there are a couple scenes that I thought were pretty good. There's a turning point in this movie. And we'll get into this in the spoilers because I do want to talk some spoilers on this. Because where this movie ends up going like kind of pissed me off. But yeah. there's a turning point that occurs. But leading up to that, I didn't think it was... I thought it was serviceable. It was good. I like these characters uh, as far as the strangers themselves. Um, the performances, not great, but they also weren't great in the strangers. My main issue in this movie, performance-wise, was the daughter. Oh, the daughter was fucking horseshit in this movie. The the she's like going to boarding school. Yeah, she sucked. She was so bad. I thought you not- pretty much everyone was terrible in this movie. Yeah, no one was good. Like, Christina Hendricks was all right. But, like, if you're going to, like, feel for any character in this movie, it's probably the daughter. Right. And she's not very good. No, she's <laughs> awful. <clears throat> any, 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 everything that came out of her mouth, I was just like, you're a fucking terrible actress. Like, why? The son was also really bad. He was better than her. He got better but- as the movie went on. That's but true. That's especially, true. like, initially, I was just like... Who is this kid and where did they find him? Yeah, that stuff was bad. <laughs> but I thought, like, I like the setting. Like, the fact that they're in, like, it's the off season and you're in this, like, yeah. mobile home. Um, there was a, a really good scene early on. Um, the first character to die. They're in the house. And, you know, the uh, it's a... Um, the girl with the blonde hair, she like has a knife and she does a thing where she like puts it on the table and like drags it against the surface, like similar to what happened in the first movie. Like I thought that was an effective scene. Um, there were moments that I thought were good, but the direction in this just isn't as sharp. It's also feels a lot more just like a generic slasher movie. You know? Yeah especially we'll get i keep referencing the turning point but especially when it flips there it just kind of turns into a generic slasher movie you know yeah let's go haywire i scooby-doo <laughs> i definitely hated this movie um there was some <laughs> like say what you really think decent moments towards the end of the movie but like the pool scene yeah the pool cool. scene was pretty cool but besides that I could. I was like so bored, especially like the first hour of the movie. I was like incredibly bored. You didn't like the scene where she like went into that like tube thing. It was kind of cool, but it almost like so. I I haven't seen the first Strangers in a few years, but like that one, the the villains aren't like in the forefront until like the very end of the movie. But this one, they brought him to the forefront like earlier on and like, it almost like made it a joke out of it or just like they were on the screen too much and it almost turned them into like jokes or like less. It's like almost like the more you show the less of a presence they have. Yes, absolutely. More like in over Hush the when top. he takes his mask off. I yeah. haven't seen Hush, but, <laughs> um, 
it, it, I, I like saw what they were going for and I, I thought it could have been kind of cool, but it at the same time, it just kind of like bugged me when she jumped out of the like dark. It was like, it was a very, like, again, I thought it was effective and it was a cool line. Yeah. But it's also very generic, like horror movie jump scare, you know, which to the first movie's credit, there are jump scares in it, but they're like fucking good jump scares. Right. And they're earned too. A know? lot of the jump scares in this were like just copycats of the original Strangers or yes. other horror movies. Yes. This movie is just like the definition of uninspired though. Totally. Like there's nothing. <laughs> it's all just like a mishmash of everything we've seen before. The only cool stuff is when they're rehashing shit from the first movie. Which, honestly, like, I would have been okay with basically the exact same movie over again. But it just, it, it, again, like, we'll get into it, but it just feels like a, it turns into a generic slasher movie. You know? Yeah. It doesn't have the same menace that came with the first one. Because the first movie was all about, like I said, playing games with their prey, basically. This movie, there's four people instead of two. So the body count starts building up earlier. So you have less of like them like playing with their food, basically, you know, they, they yeah. more quickly get into just like stabby, stabby, bash, bash shit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if you, so if you review this as like an actual movie, it's awful. But if you review it, as just like a generic slasher horror movie. Then it's, it's decent. I don't think it's off. Why do you think it's so awful? I think it's, it's serviceable. Well, like I said, the performances are pretty bad. All the characters make the dumbest decisions ever. I mean, yeah. they're like the classic, like, don't do that. And, they, and then they do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like I said about like the villains, like they're in it too much. And it just kind of goes in like bonkers level territory towards the end. And the, the very end is awful <laughs> like the last shot or whatever like i get what they're trying to do and like i guess that maybe worked but like no that was maybe that like 10 or so 20 years ago stupid. like nowadays it's just like i don't know it's a complete joke yeah the, the movie uh very much leans into like the 80s slasher vibes like even yeah. from like the the, well, even the, the music it sounds like a ripoff of like john carpenter well they also uh there's lots of 80s songs like we're the kids in america yeah uh, total eclipse of the heart during the pool scene i like yeah. that though yeah That's no cool. some of the 80s songs like choices were cool it was too on the nose but though, because yeah. this movie is very clearly going for like an 80s slasher vibe so to have a bunch of like ironic 80 songs like yeah uh, i didn't mind it especially the total eclipse of the heart scene <laughs> um one how i made the joke earlier in thoroughbreds about like stuff happening like behind the characters in the frame there's some of the stuff that happens in this and like characters just have the worst peripheral vision ever in this yeah, movie like yeah. they didn't see <laughs> nothing like, like someone's <laughs> right next to them and they're like i'm not noticing any weird stuff Exactly. It's it's definitely frustrating, but I feel like you're maybe comparing you're comparing it to the first one, and because of that, maybe judging it a little too harshly. There are way worse horror movies than this. Did you actually tell your brother it was one of the worst movies you've ever seen? In a while, I said, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is definitely one. Like I would I would say it's it's better than The Shallows. No. The Shallows was awesome. Sucks. Get out of here. I love The Shallows, uh, but we're not going to get into that. I think 
Strangers 2 is better than Death Wish, but that doesn't say too much. (laughs) I I like this property. I mean, even though the characters are overused in this movie, I do still think they're scary. Is it the same characters? Yeah, the same three, uh, the same, well, I mean, the the villains, it's the Mm. same three, the same masks, same everything. Yeah. Uh, I think we're meant to believe it takes place pretty quickly after the first one because they haven't really aged because you do see one of their faces like very clearly yeah um oh another thing so the reason that they give in the first one is way better than the reason that they give in the second the, one. yeah they try to <laughs> repeat the line basically mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work because no. w- you know the line yeah. uh you want to do it tom since it's like the only thing you've seen uh sure Liv tyler's character says why are you doing this <laughs> and they say because you were home <laughs> which is so which is, fucking good yeah that's so that's scary. terrifying especially when that. you have the context of like what you've just seen yeah because there's like the, the part that you got to like they've been terrorized for like 80 minutes yeah. prior to that they finally captured them tied them up they take off their masks and they just like fucking take turns stabbing them like mm-hmm. so scary um <laughs> spoilers for strangers too i want to talk spoilers <laughs> no. so let's do our i want to hear about this terrible ending for sure yeah <laughs> let's okay, do star yeah, ratings what? it's two and a half out of five for me okay so do it. i was gonna give death wish one and a half and so the, since this movie is better than death wish i give this two okay <laughs> okay Better than I was expecting. But like the two stars are earned in the last like 20 or 30 minutes. Before that, it's like a zero out of five. <laughs> See, the, the last like 20 or 30 minutes is what I didn't like. Okay, let's get spoilers for this movie start. But at now. least it's entertaining at that point. I was entertained by the early stuff though. It was so bad though. Why? It's I don't know. I like the setting, like them being in this trailer park. Like it does more of the like you see stuff in the background. I also liked that um they they rehash the thing where the girl with the blonde hair knocks on the door and says, is, yeah. is, is Tamara home? But then right after they let their kids run out there, like, <laughs> such a bad idea. Yeah, like, yeah. some weird girls knocking on the door. She's done it twice now. But yeah, we'll just let our kids go free out in this fucking deserted trailer park. Like, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the first Strangers, mm. the villains are never in any danger. Mm-hmm. They never even come close to stopping them. Right. Not even a little bit. Right. In this movie, there's a tipping point where Oop. they he fucking he kills one of them. Uh-oh. And then from there it turns into like they fight back and they end up killing all three of them. Ah. Oh. So they yeah, the two kids, the two kids are the only ones who survive and they end up killing all three of the strangers. That's garbage. So it does the the typical like 80 slasher thing where like they're killing people, they like flip it and then they end up ultimately surviving and killing, you know, killing the killers, which totally defeats the purpose of like like that's what made the strangers so scary is because they were just like terrorized for 90 minutes, they get fucking stabbed and then that's it. They go on their merry way, you know. Well, and I hate how like the the guy villain is basically he turns into like Michael Myers where he can't be killed. It's right. like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, she like because this movie's like so rooted in reality. Like Michael Myers is the boogeyman and like he never dies. But in this movie, like we're 
supposed to believe these are just like three normal people like terrorizing them and they wear masks but like they don't have supernatural abilities or you know like but he just defies death like two or three times yeah only for jump scare so like he um which also this is really stupid so she the the main guy uh who wears like the um burlap sack mask he's uh he's in a truck and he's chasing the daughter and she like looks around and she sees a bridge it's like a one-way bridge and she's like oh perfect let me run there so i can just get fucking (laughs) mowed down by a truck um because she she had lit it how did she light it on fire again with one of her with her lighter because she smokes cigarettes (laughs) oh yeah yeah so he um he what did she light on fire the bridge well no so he uh she was (laughs) was <laughs> this is so stupid a cop shows up mm. and you think oh one of the wow. worst parts in the movie it's so stupid so <laughs> that she's like trying to explain to the cop what happened and then you see one of them like come up behind the cop with a knife and then just fucking slit the cop's throat mm-hmm. and then it's like oh my god ah. so she like gets <laughs> in the cop car and she can't find the keys mm-hmm. i thought this was kind of creepy she can't find the keys and then you hear a knock on the window and then one of the girls is at the window and she like holds up the keys and she like dangles it like that mm-hmm. which was a nice moment but we've seen that in other yeah. movies before i know i know like one year ago and get out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then she goes to um like open the door and then there's a, a shotgun in the front seat which i feel like the, it should be harder to like get that shotgun i don't yeah. know like, shouldn't there be like a lock on it or something like hey man this not. is out in in uh rural parts <laughs> but she grabs the shotgun fucking blasts the girl and then this is where uh travis alluded to like the rehashing of that line that you did um she asks why are you doing this after she took her mask off so you see her she's like coughing up blood and you see her, like her face in direct light which you never saw their faces in direct light in the first movie in this one you see her face and she asks why are you doing this and as she's like spitting up blood she smiles and she's like why not mm-hmm. which that's the a, worst reason it's ever not a bad line but it's just not as good as the first one and it's, it's clearly alluding to that you know dude that is a bad line anytime you answer a question with why not like it's just like <laughs> it's like you're not even answering the question it's just like well the in because, this context though because I you mean, were home has like a more chilling thing because it's like they are sort of misinterpreting it's essentially the intentionally same intentionally or not but you're mis- misinterpreting the the intention of the question which is like why are you fucking killing me it's like why are you killing me you know you were the one who was home i was gonna kill somebody you know yeah something like that whereas this one is just like i'm crazy you know yeah no that's good no um what else oh so yeah so they end up killing all three of them so the first girl she like bum rushes the sun like at the it's a pool scene that we keep it's alluding wrecked. to and he just like turns around and hits her with a golf club like knocks her out so he's like on top of her and she like wakes up and then there's like a struggle and then he just like stabs the shit out of her and then she dies mm-hmm. and then homeboy which was a good scene uh the guy with the burlap sack mm-hmm. you hear like something being scraped against the concrete and you see he's like dragging the axe around the ground but then they get into a fight and like the kid almost wins. Like, yeah. That's stupid. But that is probably still the best scene in the movie. It like, is. The way it's shot, the way Visually, it's lit, the music. Like, like yeah, It was all cool. The blood contrasting with like the pool water. Like That was cool. Yeah. It all looked really good. But 
at that point i was like already checked out of the movie where i'm I'm just like didn't care and you said like you were annoyed by the last 20 or 30 minutes but like that's when i actually at least like started to have some fun with the movie because at least something was happening but it like it's still like a really bad movie all the way throughout that's fair it sucks though because i i really wanted to like this one and i wanted it to be good and now I, I'm like more curious to go back and watch the original and see how well it holds up because, I mean, obviously... Real good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious for myself, but like this one just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth and almost made me question question like how much I like the first one. Yeah, don't. Question it. <laughs> it's, it's the first one is far superior. Um, and all, there have been like... a This movie has gotten bad reviews, but there have been a couple of reviews that are like the makings of a modern classic even better than the original and it's like how the I don't fuck understand could that. you possibly think this is better than the original the dad is particularly bad in this too I don't, no i didn't think it was i mean they were all not good i didn't think anyone was like truly awful but they were all bad like, yeah i also didn't like how like the lighter almost saved the day for her you know like how she like smoked cigarettes and then Obviously, she's not supposed to, and then she uses the lighter to almost save the day. But then, like earlier, they're they make a comment about like not using cell phones, so they like put them all together, and then all the cell phones get destroyed. And it's like it's almost like the opposite. Like, well, if you weren't so like strict about the phones, then maybe someone would have one on. Them. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like all too convenient and just mm-hmm. kind of stupid. Yeah, that's fair. And the very end of the movie. <laughs> the the two kids survive, so they're you know, she it ends with her, she's in a hospital room, which they should have fucking died. That like, kid they, was dead. No, at least the up. at least the son had to have been dead because the way they like kill people, it's like they like stab you in your spine, and that's like pretty much a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. So, but they both survive, and it, the movie ends. They're in the hospital room, and then you hear a sounds. It's like a Jack in the Box. What was the sound? It's a yeah, that Jack in the Box <laughs> thing. So there's a, a callback to a previous scene, which is so stupid. <laughs> you hear, and then she thinks she says she's really scared. She's like, "Hello," and then the movie cuts to black, and it's over. There's no way either of the three of them survived. Well, except maybe the chick who got stabbed in the stomach. Like, I guess she could have survived, you know. But the chick, the one chick, took two shotgun shells, like. Yeah. One to the face, one to the chest. Like, she's done. Yeah, she should be dead. Homeboy in the burlap sack. Like, he got lit on fire. <laughs> he he dead, got like, fucking, like... Three or four <laughs> scenes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, it... What sucks, though, is the one who was in the movie the least <sighs> is, like, the one I wanted to see more of. Yeah. Yeah, this... Sounds I'm... like they got it all wrong. It, it had, like... I think it had, like the like makings of a good movie it was just like poorly executed Mm -hmm. too much like backstory too it was too overly written like they spend too much time trying to build up the troubled daughter and like the family drama it's like no i don't care they're just they're people like i get that i don't need you don't need to humanize them they're humans like we get it like they could be on a family vacation like it doesn't fucking matter you don't need to like build up this like drama that doesn't actually end up having any real payoff like mm-hmm. all right anything else on the strangers too before we move on no disappointing very for sure anyone who hasn't seen the strangers though like still 
one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Two stars is probably a little too generous, but mm. I don't think it's as, as bad. Didn't want to upset Matt too much. I'm not going <laughs> to see this movie. I am psyched for the the other horror that's coming out. Hereditary. Hereditary. Oh, dude. Um, oh, out by that finally saw a trailer for uh, Unsane, the new Soderbergh movie. Looks is good, that all filmed yeah. on iPhones? I think that's the story behind it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that trailer yet? Mm-mm. Looks interesting. Okay. Steven Soderbergh directed. It looks insane. Fucking fucking insane. Okay, let's uh, let's get into what else we've been watching. Um, how much do you have, Travis? Uh, only a handful of things. All right, on our level for once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of you guys can start. You want me to go, Tom, or how much do you have? You've been you've been sick. Uh, yeah, I I tried to watch a lot of movies while I was sick, but couldn't enjoy them. So I don't even know what I did. I just sort of lay there with just TV. I don't know. It was on. but It was really on. Know. But I didn't want to watch anything that I was actually interested in because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay attention and enjoy it. Right, right. And so I just watched Civil War in like six parts and never actually finished it. I was telling Matt this earlier. It's bad. Civil War I was bad. I fucking hates it. That's the only one I haven't seen. Really? Yeah. It's the only one I have seen. Well, no, no, that's. I'm talking about Marvel movies. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the Avengers storyline. Because I backed out of the Avengers about 20 minutes in. Never saw Winter Soldier. I don't know. Or Age of Ultron. Or Age of Ultron. They suck, man. Get hyped for uh, Infinity fuck, War. Yeah, Infinity War, man. It's only uh, mm. a month away. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll try that. <laughs> okay, um, I watched uh, Darkest Hour. You've seen that? Yep. Mm. Did we talk about that on the podcast? I very briefly talked about it, but go ahead. Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Weird that it was set at like the exact same time as Dunkirk. Came out like the same year yeah, as Dunkirk. Yeah, that was yeah. very strange. I mean, it, it was kind of fun to see the other side, like the political stuff. Right. Um, and I know very little about Winston Churchill, so it was interesting to see that he was largely not wanted in power at the time. And that he was voted out like the second World War II was over. They were like, okay, get this guy yeah. out of here. <laughs> um, it was mostly just a vehicle, though, for his performance. Exactly. That's like... But the performance, I mean, it was fine. It was a good performance. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It was an impressive performance. He... he Embodied. Embodies what I assume is an accurate portrayal of Winston Churchill. I have no idea. But yeah, it doesn't <laughs> have... It doesn't have the same, like impact for me as like timothy chalamet or daniel day lewis and phantom thread like those characters are so interesting i don't know i think i'm just not really like that wowed by the biopic type things yeah it doesn't impress you as much and like he doesn't really have a scene that's really like a scene stealer i mean he has has a couple like big speeches but he shakes the chair they showed it during the oscars actually he's like that's why i'm sitting yeah (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think that was that good i haven't seen the movie that's like his big moment um yeah i i thought that movie was pretty underwhelming but totally watchable yeah um it's about what you'd expect too he's always in robes and like like at like one in the afternoon smoking a cigar very lazy and just uh, like, in like a crowded house it was so gross and how he like makes a comment about like he's asking like about his schedule and he's like oh no that's nap time <laughs> <laughs> it's like 3 p.m or something yeah 
Yeah. It's just weird how, like, it seems like he's kind of lazy, but yet he's, like, this powerful, like, historic figure. Right. Yeah. It's like he can do a speech. He can do one thing. Besides that. (laughs) Which is, like, sort of go to war. Like, that's the only thing he can do. Rally the troops. And have sweet quotes featured in Call of Duty games. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, On the loading screens. Yeah. That's it for... Darkest Hour. I don't even remember like the music or anything. I don't remember any of the other characters. There was like a prince who had a weird accent. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah. Just I'm not not special. Bummer. I probably won't bother seeing it. Especially now the Oscars are over. I mm-hmm. like to try to see every best picture nominee, but I didn't see the post. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'm still interested in catching up with the post, but I think the post is probably better than Darkest Hour. Uh, I would say I preferred Darkest Hour. Oh, really? The, the post was a slog. Oh, well, then I'm definitely through, not seeing it. But yeah. that's just that's me. I also see it. <laughs> that is me. I like uh, Spielberg. <laughs> uh, okay, I saw some stuff. Uh, I saw Ingrid Goes West. Mm, nice. It's on Hulu. Uh, that movie was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of annoying. But yeah. <laughs> kind of annoying it's good i liked avi plaza a lot the neighbor guy's great batman oh yeah um Tell me Gotham needs jackson me. right <laughs> yeah is that his name o'shea jackson jr yeah yeah who was uh ice cubes son he was good uh wyatt russell is good mm-hmm. elizabeth olsen's good the performances are good his it's art just... was pretty awesome right Ooh, wyatt russell's yeah. art <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was a squad goal. Squad goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was funny. I thought it was an interesting take on, like, uh, our modern obsession with, like, relevancy on social media and just, like, the notion of, like, being obsessed with social media personalities and, like, also the notion that, like, what you see is not necessarily what that person is because you find yeah. out that Elizabeth Olsen has just been kind of, like stealing a lot of things from wyatt russell's character as far as like the books that she says she likes and the music and all that kind of stuff so some interesting commentary but it's not, it's it's a little not too like, over surprising the i mean like i also th- you know yeah. that before seeing this movie yeah like, yeah i was just gonna stuff say like this exists <laughs> thinking back like that movie was kind of like four years late <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and like, the ending made me feel really conflicted i didn't really know how to feel at the end of the movie i like the ending i think it is supposed to be like uh uh, not ironic but she ended up like she meant to like you know just end everything because this drove her to the brink of like suicide yeah and then by doing that she ended up becoming famous on the internet you know because i think it ends with her like looking at her phone and smiling i think is the way it yeah ends. but it's just a weird it's a pretty like cutting <laughs> image i thought yeah. that was interesting what i don't like is just it just escalated too much like it got out of hand and like they fucking like almost murder a guy like they like kidnap him and like that, that was all stupid <laughs> mm-hmm. uh he was good though ben um something is it the Magnuson? Magnuson, Billy, Billy Magnuson. He's the guy in Game Night who I was saying is really. You were funny. talking about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was like a four out of five for me. You know, I I, I liked it quite yeah, a bit. I think I gave like a three and a half. It's. It was cool. I wish yeah. I liked it more, but it was just Same. a couple things that you know kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, 
What else did I watch? Oh, I completed the uh, Oceans trilogy. Hmm. I watched Oceans 13. All in anticipation of the new Oceans Oceans 8. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oceans 13 was pretty good. Definitely better than 12. Uh, Not as good as 11, but uh, it's a little bit more simple. Uh, The second one was too bogged down with, like, it was a little too busy. There was too much going on. 13 is a little bit more simple. I also didn't like the 12 was basically not a rehash of the first one, but it was basically the villain from Ocean's Eleven, like trying to like get back at them, you know, so it was like a revenge type thing, which I didn't find very interesting. Thirteen was a lot of fun though. I don't really have much to say about it. I mean, those movies are all kind of the same. Like um I'm definitely glad I finally saw those movies. Uh, oh, you'd never seen them before? No, I had never oh. these were all first time watches. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh so eleven is good i liked 11 a lot 13 is also good not quite as good as 11 12 not a very good movie um let's really have all all i have to say about it cast is good i don't even know if i if i caught 13 that's all those movies are is the cast yeah it's a vehicle for fucking famous actors just like (laughs) shoot the shit with each other yeah steal some stuff um uh, i have two other things so travis if you want to Saw some new releases. Uh, I saw Gringo when I was in Portland. Oh, you did? And I hated that movie. I don't really don't know anything about it. Yeah, it well, was... Give us a plot. Give us like a summary. Like, what's, so, what's it about? David Oelio. Is that how you pronounce it? Oyelowo? No, but I also don't okay. know how to pronounce it accurately. <laughs> Anyways, I think I got it wrong. His character now. gets kidnapped, and then he's like in Mexico, and then the people who he's like associated with are trying to like... Get him back. Get him back, yeah. But, like, it's just one of those movies that just has, like, a plot that I don't care about, and it's, like, super convoluted and doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. and, like, it was, I think it's supposed to be a comedy, but it wasn't very funny, and, like, it seemed like it was supposed to be, like, an action comedy, and there's no, like, takeaways in the acting category or, like, the action, or yeah. the comedy category or the action category. I was intrigued because... Uh, Charlize Theron and um, what's his face? Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton are like the corporate big shots that are making him do this. Yeah, and they're both like not, but they weren't very good in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty forgettable, and I don't know if it's because like I drank before I saw the movie, but I was having a hard mm. time pay it, paying attention to it, and just like I, I don't know. So Even watching the trailer, I was like, maybe this isn't gonna be good. The uh, critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says Gringo rounds up a bafflingly overqualified cast for a misfire of a comedy that's fatally undermined by its messy plot, poorly conceived characters, and obvious debts to better films. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty. Uh, biting, usually, biting yeah. Commentary. The critics' consensus is usually like not neutral, but like they fucking lean into it. It's yeah. not even that bad of a rate, like thirty nine percent. Like you'd mm. expect that kind of consensus for like a fucking ten percent movie. Like, yeah, ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I could see this movie just being like very middle of the road for people, but for me, I just could have cared less mm-hmm. watching it. And the thing I hated most about it was the movie starts off like pretty quickly, and like the events like get set into motion, and then they do a flashback that takes like 40 minutes to get you caught back up to the moment you were at. And like, you didn't even need that 40 minutes of the movie. It's like, just save me some time. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Hated it though. 
All right. Cool. What else you got, boy? Uh, I saw Death Wish and Red Sparrow last week, so I can talk about those a little bit. Whoa. So uh, many movies at the end of the theater. Dude, Movie Pass is my best friend. Well, I've been doing... Okay, sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I've been fine. doing a little research on Rotten Tomatoes of The Strangers. So the original Strangers, 45% critic score, 47% audience score. Wow. The new movie has a 61% audience score. Uh-oh. What the fuck that is going on That just tells you here? the audience has gotten what dumber in the last decade. Oh, my God. I'm, like, am I crazy? Like, I thought The Strangers was, like, kind of like The Fountain. Like, it's kind of, like, critics well. shit on it, but, like, generally people liked it. But yeah. this movie has 311,000 <laughs> user mm. ratings. And it's still forty seven percent. Like, yeah, that's crazy. It's so good. It's so fucking scary. Like, I really do not understand the hate for the first. Yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's is it just because like there's really no reason. Like, I guess really, if you look at it, all it is is just like an exploration of like masochism, like extreme masochism. And yeah, just, like g- gaining pleasure from it was- like people being mutilated. But it's scary because like. There's no reason for it. It's right. senseless, random acts of violence. Wasn't it kind of towards the end of torture porn era, though? Or, like, maybe at the height of it, where yeah, people like just might borderline. be tired of it? Mm. It wasn't really... There's really not that much violence in the movie, though. No, it kind of comes at the end. You yeah. Know? I just... I don't get it. I think that movie is, like, a near masterpiece. Yeah. I, wow. I have it rated, like, a yeah, you heard four and a half. <laughs> I have it rated a four and a half on Letterboxd. And I have it rated as a three and a half. But that was one of those movies where when I first got Letterboxd, I just, like, thought of every movie I've ever seen and just, like, oh, The Strangers, uh, three and a half, you know? Yeah. You were trying to be a little bit cooler back then, too, right? (laughs) I also... You don't seem like you're trying to be very cool these days. (laughs) I just... Um... Oh, well, okay. So, The Strangers 2 only has 879 user ratings, so... Give it time. Not 311. Yeah, from the super fans. Yep. The so, horror super fans. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut off your no, Red Sparrow fine. thing. I just was kind of uh, So Death Wish was pretty terrible. Yeah. I alluded to my one and a half star review yeah. in the Strangers review. Um, it's just a bad movie. Like, <laughs> Bruce Willis is phoning it in. Like When when was the last time he didn't phone it in? I know. In? That's the thing. Looper? It's like, yeah. Uh, good and movie. Before Looper? Like... Yeah, I don't know, but he's been bad in a lot of the like recent stuff he's been in. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. You can just tell it's like a super bad movie just while you're watching it. Like even the writing is really bad. Like I can get into an example if you want. Like so, the daughter is graduating high school soon, and then she's like picking a college, and she gets all excited about getting accepted into this college, and she's upstairs, and she like runs down in excitement, and she goes to tell her parents. And then her mom's like, do you want some eggs? And she says, sure. So she like, she goes to go make her eggs, but like, she just goes, grabs eggs that are done and then like, gives them to her, which like, shouldn't bother me. And like, but it also shouldn't be in the movie. Like, why are you like offering her eggs, but then like not cooking them? 
And then when she sits down to actually eat the eggs, she doesn't eat them. And then there's something in the plot that happens where she gets all excited and just runs away from the table. So and the she whole, throws up eggs that she never ate. She No, she never even touched the <laughs> eggs. The mom never made them, but they were in the movie and part of the scene. Why? Travis, this has been like, this is minute 11 of the movie. And he's like, this fucking movie. The eggs. But like, I shouldn't notice stuff like that. Like, and that stuff just shouldn't be in a script. Right. Will you finally concede that Eli Roth is a fucking? Oh, I told. Hack? I sent you a text and I said, and okay, always Matt, has been forever and I s- always. I will f- say that Cabin Fever is a very fun and entertaining movie, though, and I do like Hostel, but I'd have to rewatch it. It's been a long time, but Cabin Fever will always have a special place in my heart, hmm. especially for the old guy at the convenience store. <laughs> he is amazing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in regards to Death Wish, uh, there's another podcast that we listened to where they alluded to an ice cream man. Can you tell me that about scene was cool? What What is that? Like, it's just like, just like fucking murders an ice cream man. Like, I don't yeah, know. it's, it's not as cool as they made it sound, but it's probably like the best scene in the movie. So spoilers for Death Wish. Um, I forget exactly. Is it even really a spoiler? Like, is the ice well, cream man I mean, any, anyone of note or not just, really? No. But it spoils the moment, I guess. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? So I think there's like Bruce Willis (laughs) catches wind of the ice cream man from some kid on the street or something where like the ice cream man's a bad person. But the ice cream man is basically a guy who sells drugs. So Bruce Willis is like into this whole vengeance thing, like, you know, killing the bad people in town. So he walks up to the ice cream man's neighborhood and is just like, are you the ice cream man? And the guy's like, Who's asking or whatever. And then Bruce Willis just like fills him full of bullets. Like even because he just said who's asking. Yeah. But like the whole point of Bruce Willis going there was to kill the ice cream man because he's a bad person. But like the, the way that Bruce Willis walks up in the neighborhood, like doesn't waste any time. Like literally ask, like the first person he sees gets asked one question. He doesn't ask any questions himself. And then he just wastes him. And then everyone freaks out and runs away. What, was that supposed to be the ice cream man? What if it was just like he thought he was a cop and he knew who the ice cream man was? Like, what if that was? Well, like there a- is like a little ice cream thing in front of the ice cream man. So you are and meant to drugs in there instead of ice cream. ice cream man in a town. It's it's very obvious that he's the ice cream man. Okay, the way you described it, I thought he just walked up to someone. No, asked, "Are you the ice cream man?" <laughs> no. <laughs> He responded, who's asking? And then he was fucking murdered. <laughs> so it is clear that he yes, is sorry. the ice cream man. Okay. That's a little different because I was like, this movie has gotten a lot of flack for being like right wing, like pro gun propaganda, basically. So if. <laughs> well, there is that whole dilemma about like guns and police and like whether we should take this into our own hands like acts of violence or whatever um but the way they do it is so lazy it's like news or radio voiceovers about like the violence happening mm. in the city and like what are the cops doing is and, in town doing yeah blah 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 right and it, is it right or is it not and then they have people weighing in on oh, like right. their thoughts of it and yeah. saw that in the, it's so in the dumb trailer. and it's so sloppy like there's there's stuff that happens in the movie that are like dead giveaways that he's the one doing it and the cops are trying to figure out like Who's this like vigilante? Who is this bald man? With and I don't even, I don't know. I don't really want to care to get into it or like spoil it for people who actually care. But like, it's just so like lazy and like poorly executed. 
Yeah. Like you can just tell that from the start, but like people are going to go see it because it's Bruce Willis in an action movie. Yeah. And like, I guess if you want to just say like, oh, it was like dumb, but kind of fun, like, sure. But I, it's like the American cheese version of John Wick. Craft <laughs> 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 <Kraft> American Sam. <laughs> Pretty much. Hmm. Okay. Well, tell us about uh, Red Sparrow. I don't have too much to say. Um, it's kind of like Gringo, although I liked this a bit more than Gringo, but just like a confusing, just drawn out plot, like not very interesting, super long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes, could easily be like 90 minutes. Another um, Joel Edgerton film. Yeah. He's okay. everywhere now. He was better in this than Gringo, but mm. I still feel like like the stuff he was doing last year's and like the years previous is a lot better than the stuff he's doing right now. Um, Jennifer Lawrence's accent is bad, right? We're all in agreement on that? From the trailers, it sounds bad. It's yeah. bad, but it's not like... doesn't ruin the movie. Yeah. On it's, its, own. it's fine, but it's 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 noticeable and it's, it's not very good. Okay. Um, there's some cool, like, violent scenes in it and some of it's, like, pretty intense, but for the most part, it's just, like, long, drawn out, and boring. And... The whole plot is like flipping back and forth, like about her being like this double agent or quadruple agent or something ridiculous. Ah, the old atomic blonde, <laughs> yes, <laughs> shtick. Huh? It feels yeah. very. It's like atomic blonde except red instead of blue. Yeah, and just not as good of a movie. I mean, atomic blonde I didn't like that much either. I thought it was cool and some of the action was good in it, but like. The plot was boring as fuck. And just, too, yeah. yeah. But that's definitely a step up from Red Sparrow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would say skip both of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for uh, falling on that sword for us. Informing Anytime. our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, yesterday, I watched uh, a very good documentary called LA 92 been wanting to watch this i haven't heard of it so um um lead up story to this so it's the same filmmakers who are responsible for responsible for that sounds really bad well no it was actually (laughs) who uh it was a football movie i can't think like unstoppable undefeated yeah undefeated so these two filmmakers made a movie about a high school football team Mm -hmm. called undefeated and fun fact, one of the filmmakers, uh, T.J. Martin, uh, is a Western Washington University alum, and they won the Oscar for Best Documentary when I was in college, and they visited my screenwriting class, or he did, T.J. Martin oh, did, wow. and he brought his Oscar. So I got to hold like a legit Oscar. Wow. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. Those things are fucking heavy, dude. Like, <laughs> those, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so anyway, I, I you know I briefly got to talk to the guy. So this is the, their most recent film. Um, it's a partnership with National Geographic, but they basically are detailing the uh, L.A. riots in '92 after the Rodney King verdict, and it's entirely constructed of archival footage. So there's no like modern day interviews. There's no talking heads. Uh, in the traditional sense, it's archival footage. So there's like, you know, news stories and stuff like that. Um, like broadcast news. How did you watch this? It's on Netflix now. Nice. Recently I got it added. for free on Voodoo. Did you? Like to own. It's. But I haven't watched it. Really fucking good. And I think it's especially, um, 
affecting for me because I was technically, I mean, I was one years old, but I was there. So my parents vividly remember this happening because I'm from LA and the Rodney King beating happened like a half mile from like where I live with my parents. Um, and then when the verdict happened, like my parents talk about it, that like they were scared. Like it was scary. The documentary mentions that there were n- over 900 structural fires in the city. Jesus. Meaning buildings were being mm-hmm. burned to the ground. Over 900. And they have over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> which I'll get to that later. I actually, uh, oh, started watching, watching DBC. Oh, my <laughs> shit. Okay. Um, so anyway, LA-92, like, it's so, so fascinating. Because apparently they, they got their hands on a lot of footage that, like, has never been seen before. Really gruesome stuff. Like, 54 people died. 3,000 people were injured during that riot. And it is it still stands as the largest, most destructive civil disturbance in our country's history. And it's crazy. Because they also, like, there's, like, lead-up... They're giving historical context for leading up to this, which the OJ documentary kind of does, too. Because, I mean, that documentary is like seven and a half hours long. So they have some time to give some historical context. So the first, like, 40 or so minutes of this is leading up to the Rodney King verdict. But the the film kind of opens with, uh, previous to these riots, the largest riots were also in Los Angeles, the, the Watts riots in the 60s. So the movie starts with, like, briefly covering that riot. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly well done. Uh, the music is really affecting. The footage. Everything about it is is spectacular. I loved it. And I think everyone should see it, especially if you don't really know much about Rodney King or uh, the riots in general or just, like, the civil unrest that was happening in, in Los Angeles at that time. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Matt, how do you feel about putting um, documentaries on your top 10 list at the end of the year? Uh, willing? Yeah, absolutely willing. Would this have made your top 10 of last year? Mm, no. Liar. Top 20. Liar. No. <laughs> it would have been top 20. I I haven't logged this on Letterboxd yet, but I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. One of the best documentaries I've seen. You got to watch time. Jane. The only one that would have... <laughs> Another National Geographic documentary. The only documentary in recent memory oh, that came pretty close. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> we... <laughs> Jane Goodall. I just had to check. Five-star documentary. Um, the Act of Killing. Is yeah, the only I one. still haven't seen that, but Neither it's on my to watch. Neither of you? Dude. You watch the follow-up too. too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Look of Silence, yep. right? I like the act of killing more, but they're both yeah. like. What about the Walk of Shame? How was that <laughs> one? Live that life. Yeah. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> um, anyway, pages. so that was LA ninety two. Um, I mean, Tom brought it up. I've I started from the beginning of uh, Dragon Ball Z. So, are you watching the original? Or I heard there's also Dragon Ball Z Kai. That is not streaming anywhere. I would have oh. had to have bought the Blu-rays. Okay. But Dragon Ball Z, like OG Dragon Ball Z, yeah. is streaming on Funimation. Yeah. So I subscribe to that. I think it might be streaming on Hulu too. I saw it. It's somewhere. not. Dragon Ball is. Oh. I don't like Dragon. Get it right, Tom. <laughs> I guess so. I was just for some reason. Oh, I, actually, I know why. It's because the new video game came out. This, this Dragon winter. Ball Z Fighters. Yeah, or Dragon Ball Fighters or whatever with a Z. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, Dragon Ball's just been on my radar a lot. <laughs> 
more than it should be. I'm like, I'm into it. Like, I love this show, but Jesus Christ, it takes forever for anything to happen in this show. That's why I would only do if I had Kai. (laughs) The first, like, it starts off pretty promising because, like, Raditz, like, comes to Earth and, like, the fight with Raditz happens pretty quickly. And then you find out that Vegeta and Nappa are coming. And then it's, like, fifth teen episodes of like them on the train way for vegeta do you know what any of this fucking Travis? brutal what do you know about like dragon ball z kai no so i the, know it's over nine thousand, and that's about <laughs> it <laughs> that's the, the idea of dragon ball z kai is they i think they re-recorded a lot of the voice acting and they re-recorded all of it but okay. they brought back a original lot of actors. the original actors and they way they cut out a lot of bullshit i don't know if they re-edited episodes or they just cut out episodes that did not need to happen or something i don't know how they did it but anyway they they took like probably 30 or 40 percent of the show just out so that you can watch it in way fewer episodes because of exactly what matt's talking about it's still a lot of episodes dragon ball z kai Mm -hmm. but i think especially early on in the show there's a lot of just like fucking nonsense like <laughs> during the boring episodes like i just kind of dink around on my phone and i don't really pay attention and then oh, i when i hear someone being like yeah i look at the screen I'm like, oh shit here we go um i'm enjoying it but like god damn the show has a lot of filler i'm on like the 23rd or fourth episode in vegeta and napa just, f- just finally showed up finally they're fighting we're still waiting for goku to show up like fucking nice. come on he's there always been three episodes of goku like flying on to get home like, oh, I'm halfway there like, i'll be home soon guys got a goku tracker <laughs> goku is like the ultimate traveler in all of anime i probably I will never Dragon watch Ball this Z, dude no it's great it sounds I terrible it. i, I it. was obsessed <laughs> but you were also what 12 yeah i like i lived up a uh half a mile like straight up a hill growing up and we were at like a neighbor's fourth of july party and I realized that the new episode of Dragon Ball Z was on in five minutes, and I fucking sprinted uphill. Gotta go half a mile as like an eleven-year-old. It's dedication to dude. go see this stuff. I like ran in the door, panting, turned it on, missed about thirty seconds. So happy. Um, I have two more things to talk about, but one of them is part of the Rotten Tomatoes game, so we'll do that last. Okay. Um, what do you? How much do you got left? I have two more things I'll bring up. Okay. So I saw a movie called Ten Years, which is recommended by my brother. Ten years. It's like a romantic like comedy. Remember the band Ten Years? Yes. Intro music, baby. Sure. <laughs> nice. Do you remember the band Ten this Years? This is a no. uh, star-studded cast. Have you guys ever heard of this movie? No. It's got Kate Mara, Channing Tatum, Rosario Dawson, Chris Pratt, Justin Long, Anthony Mackie, Aubrey Plaza, Oscar Isaac. I mean, the Jesus. list is endless. Is this one of those like Mother's Day, like Love Actually type things? No, it's, it's. I mean, it's kind of similar, but it's not nearly as bad as any of those okay, movies. Okay. Uh, but basically the story is like a high school reunion. So they all get back for their like 10 year high school reunion, catching up with their friends from high school and all that. Um, but it's just like a, it's just a funny comedy. I mean, Chris Pratt is hilarious and he plays like the, 
jock like kind of it doesn't really allude to that he was like a jock before but he used to be kind of like a bully back in the day but now he's just like a raging alcoholic and he's like funny and like not like you know he's he's pretty light-hearted but he's like he's still like doesn't know how to like talk to people like he's still grilling people about stuff like at this 10 year anniversary but like he doesn't mean it as harm it's just like he doesn't even know how to interact with people but he anytime he does it's always in a negative way but it's just funny because as the movie escalates he gets more drunk and more drunk and like he's he'll like <laughs> make fun of one of the guys but then like oh no we need to talk and then he, like, <laughs> he like does the like total like stereotypical drunk guy thing and that's really funny and then I like the stuff with Oscar Isaac's character. So his character is, he's a singer, but like he never really wants to, he doesn't like the like spotlight. So like. Lewin Davis. Performance anxiety? (laughs) No, not necessarily. Just like he's a good singer and he's, he's well known, but like he doesn't like the, the spotlight of it. And it's just like, but there's like a, a good payoff with his character and another character later on in the movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's definitely like worth the watch and is funnier than I expected. Is this streaming anywhere or how did it's you on get- stars? No, no. So Fuck if it. you got stars, <laughs> but yeah, big cast better than I expected, but okay. also I've not never amazing. even heard of it. Like what year did this come out? Like, uh, like 2014, 2011. Oh shit. Oh, so Chris Pratt isn't super jacked yet. No, he's kind of flabby. Tubby. Yeah. yeah. He's Parks and Rec. That's Rack. what I was that's what I was hoping for. Also, Oscar Isaac was still a nobody back then, too. Yeah. 2011? Yeah, that was right around when Drive came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was I didn't know who he was in Drive. Right. Same I honestly way. like didn't even realize it was him until like much later that I was like, oh, fuck, that's Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah. yeah. It is funny, though, that he plays like a musician, and he does have like a music moment in this, and then like a whole movie spawned. I mean, not from, from this, but I mean, maybe the Coen saw this, or... <laughs> so... You've both seen Inside Llewyn Davis, right? Yeah, I haven't. You have what? Oh. No, it's on my list. It's on Amazon. I know. I, I also have lots of things on Amazon. Well, yeah, I know, but I have to choose every time, and Sarah never wants to watch it because she's already seen it and didn't love it. Uh, um, it, dude, oh, that's so good. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. <laughs> Get a cry. Just don't rub it in no your meat. face. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so you got one more. Right? Uh, I got a couple as well. Okay, so I'll, I'll Travis, finish you finished. Tom can finish. So I watched finish. Cheap Thrills. Yeah. I don't have too much to say about it other than it's it's short, it's entertaining, it's pretty fun, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it kind of it's not thrill. anything spectacular. Yeah, it's uh, super entertaining. I saw that movie a couple of years ago. Um, the plot of it is basically like these, these two guys reconnect at a bar and then they somehow come across this couple where this couple will pay them to do like certain acts and mm-hmm. they just get increasingly like more significant as the movie goes on. Yeah. So, so. it's an escalation. It's basically truth or dare minus the truth. Mm-hmm. They are dared to do stuff and they'll get paid if they do it, but it gets like, it's relatively harmless early on, but like it just keeps escalating, keeps escalating. And it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Right. It's got Pat Healy in it. Um, I think he's probably the only actor that David I... Koechner. David Koechner. Oh yeah, he's the he's the main uh, yeah. he's the guy the millionaire or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Todd Packer in the office. Or uh, <laughs> um, what's this character's name? An anchorman? Oh. Fucking whammy guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
whammy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember his name, but but yeah, it's super short. It's on Netflix. It's like eighty-five minutes. Mm. It's worth the watch. Right. Yeah, I will also endorse that. Worth the watch. Okay. Neither of you guys rated it very highly on Letterboxd. I think I what gave did it, I rate it? I gave 3. gave it a three. That's a lot of movies out. Pretty good. A lot of movies out there. But it's, well, yeah, but it's eighty-five you minutes. You won't be disappointed though. Like, yeah, it's not the best movie you've ever seen, but like, it's fun. You know, it's okay. It's yeah. probably better than most three or three and a half star movies. Wow. So if that makes any sense, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Like, it's. Uh, I think what you what he means is more entertaining. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It does, it's not anything to write home about. Like. But mm. it's it's totally worth watching. Like, I think for me, there's something to be said for like, if I go to the theater and I watch a movie that I evaluate as three or three and a half, I'm pretty disappointed. But if I watch just like some rando movie from like 2010, and I'm like, that was a three and a half. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, if you gave Thoroughbreds a three, then you might want to steer clear from Cheap Thrills. <laughs> yeah, Cheap Thrills is, it's not trying as hard, though. No, In the not. sense that, like, I, it seems like some things in Thoroughbreds were just kind of a swing and a miss for you. Yeah. Cheap Thrills is pretty straightforward. Like, yeah. It's not anything fancy. It doesn't look great. It's pretty low budget, but, like, the cast is good. I think Pat Healy is really funny. I think David Kepner is, is funny. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Fair enough. Noted. Noted. Well, how did you watch it again? Netflix. Netflix. It's been on Netflix for a while. That's where I watched it, too. Alrighty. Anyway, what you got, Tom? All right. Uh, these will be quick, because you guys have seen both of these. Um, and I'm just catching up late. I finished... Well, I watched The Lost City of Z. I That was one of the ones I tried to watch when I was sick, and I had to turn off, and I finished it today. Um, pretty good. Kind of boring. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm just I, I'm remembering Matt's <laughs> whole explanation of this movie where he's just like, I was pretty bored during it. Four and a half. <laughs> Great movie, dude. <laughs> no, it got it got a little a little more uh interesting toward the end where when the son joins him on his trip. Uh Tom Holland. Surprised to see him in there. Yeah. Um yeah. Whatever. Yeah, if it was more entertaining, it would it would be an awesome movie. But I think that's just the part that like kind of yeah. brings it down. I watched it on a plane, so I think part of the four point five was like, yeah, if I had like if I had uh, watched this on like a you know, because it's a beautiful movie, like yeah. even on that little tiny shitty screen, like it looked great. So I was just like, you know, it's not the ideal viewing experience, but. I th- I liked it a lot. I thought it yeah. was beautiful. I thought the performances were good. It's just it's slow. I actually and had long. a really hard time with both the audio and the darkness of the of the picture. Like yeah. I had to mess with my picture quality a ton, and I still didn't really, really get it right. Were you wait? So you stream this on on Prime on Amazon? Yeah. yeah, and their their sound mixing is always difficult for me. Yeah, that's weird. I don't. Something about Amazon, I don't know. Yeah, it's always I haven't too noticed, quiet. But I don't it's watch too a quiet, ton of and stuff. then really, and they're really, really loud. loud. Yeah, and and they don't like uh, when there's a lot of noises happening. I really can't get the characters' voices very well. So it's actually made me like convinced that I needed a sound bar. But then I realize it's fine when I watch something on like Netflix. <laughs> so I'm just like Amazon's. Sound I think is just I not think great. Amazon. They actually I think they do less compression. So I think it's more similar to what you'd find in a movie theater where like when it's loud, it's really oh, loud. So maybe you do need better speakers for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, whatever. Anyway. You should buy some speakers off Amazon. Oh, my gosh. It's their whole I want to get a soundbar, but I want one that fits. <laughs> like, it needs to attach to the bottom of the TV because I don't have any space to mount right, it. Right, because you have it mounted. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the like the fireplace below it, so I can't just tack it onto the wall there. Exhibit A. Yeah, I don't have a mantle. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to be buying a, a, a TV coming up here pretty quick. Mm. I think I'm going to enter the 4K market. Yeah. I also think oh, I yeah. might get an Xbox. Ooh, mostly just because, one, 4K compatible. Yeah. I want to be able to get, like, UHD stuff. And PlayStation Pro doesn't have a 4K Blu-ray player. Mm. So if I upgraded the PlayStation Pro... Not going to be able to watch UHD. You didn't name so. like 50 of the other reasons why you should get an Xbox. Oh, I don't give a fuck. They, they have garbage you play, exclusives. You could play games with me. I'm not going to play Ultimate Team with you. Get no, the no, fuck out I of here. already told you I gave up on that. I'm <laughs> like a, a week clean. Okay? Overwatch. <laughs> you guys should be proud of me. It's done. Yeah. Overwatch is pretty much done. I actually have been but, thinking about getting back into Overwatch. I don't know about you guys, but. Oh, I'm always did you ever down. Get, did you ever get Overwatch? No, never no. played it. Always down. But Fortnite is free. I'm sure you also could get Rocket League cheap. Already have it. Yeah, but, you know, on the superior system with your bros. <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm leaning more towards, like, single-player experiences with the 4K enabled, you know? You would know this. Is Sea of Thieves on PS4 and Xbox? No, Just... Xbox exclusive. Oh, shit. Yep. My cousin is, like hyped on that game it does look pretty cool saying that should be the game that brings us all back together <laughs> have you heard of that you probably yeah. don't care because nah, i watch oh, these things oh okay Looks cool. it, it sounds cool also PUBG is only on xbox right now oh. it's not on playstation 4 it sounds like yeah. the consensus is play fortnite though yeah the only thing though is that i have to get i have to buy another online subscription so i'm gonna have a fucking online subscription for xbox yeah. online subscription for playstation nintendo is rolling out their or online subscription just pay for xboxes dump ps pro or whatever it's called we'll see it's not gonna happen i'm not gonna dump it that's the xbox is the system to play with mm, your friends on not yes. my friends well Matt, when you play with your friends on Well, you know, I don't have time, Travis. I just <laughs> That's don't have true. time. I know. You are a busy guy. But whatever. Mm. Can't wait. Me of, Can't uh, wait, Matt. The lost city of Z. <laughs> 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 um, so, what, what... You had something else, right? Drop a star rating on uh, Lost City of Z. Uh, 3.5. 3. Totally okay. serviceable. I think that's... Just like Cheap Thrills. Apt. Yeah. Um... Okay. Oh, I also watched Valerian in the City of a Thousand oh, Planets. Yeah, and not a great movie, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. It's really not. I didn't did, say you watch it was. It? did you watch it when you were sick? No. Okay. No. Um, did those colors pop on that TV? Huh? Yeah, they did. I mean, there's some cool visuals. Uh, some cool. Visuals. Okay, there's a lot of cool visuals. It's basically, there all are the a lot is. of cool ideas, but the rest of it was just sort of like the Fifth Element. You know, like a modern Fifth Element, which was. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. Great movie, yeah. even though it's a f- an old favorite of mine. Right. Oh no, not an old favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, Dane DeHaan sucks. Yeah, he is so bad. He's yeah. like, I don't get it. He's not even good looking. Why is he on TV? I don't know. I don't. I don't get the Dane DeHaan. Thing. I don't know. Total mystery. Where Where did he come from? What else has he been in? Cure for Wellness. Chronicle, I think, was his first thing or his first known thing. Chronicle? That like teenage superhero movie. Mm. With uh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm. 
Directed by Max Landis. I don't. I that don't was? Know about it. Mm-hmm. Or at least written by Max. I Landis. don't think it was directed. Well, no, Dan. Let's go to the tape. He's not. <laughs> he's not like super ripped. He's not good looking. He's a terrible actor. Written, I don't get directed where the by Josh Trank. Is supposed to come from. Yeah. Uh, Kara Delavine. Mm-hmm. She was fine. Yeah, I like her in it. Uh, yeah, I thought she was good in it, especially I, for being. I just thought the writing was like not great for. Oh, her it's not, and I acknowledge that. But also, I saw the movie in the theater, mm-hmm. so I think I acknowledge the movie's faults. But I was just so dazzled by the visuals in it. It's you know? sad that she can outact Dane DeHaan, though. I think she's a good actress, but she's like not primarily sad an, that an she act. Can, she well, is. No, she's, now she is. Well, yeah, but she was first a model. Yeah. So, like, her acting career is probably relatively short. And she was. I'm assuming Dane DeHaan's been squad. acting like his whole life, or like that's his like his profession or what he's pursuing. But acting for her it seems like kind of like a second thought. Dude, look at Dave Bautista. Great example, Matt. Great example. <laughs> I'm just saying, Dane DeHaan is so bad that like, and a model can just like. Come on, and I'm not. I'm not like trying to like downplay her too much, but like, I just feel like he's probably had more experience acting, and she already can do a way better job than him. Yeah, there are plenty of seasoned actors who have been in the industry for thirty years and have always and will always fucking suck. Yeah, well, he's one of them. He's on his way from Dane I would like to see another one of these movies with a you're not gonna better <laughs> plot and a different cast you can keep yeah. Kara, that's fine but replace dane it was pretty yeah. top heavy i think the start of it was a lot more yeah you guys like were like really upset about the ending which i thought was about on par with how dumb the whole plot was <laughs> it just well because it's it's also the least visually stimulating scene yeah. like once they get into that like dark sector the, the weird little it. standoff with yeah. the robots that seemed cool at first but then are nowhere near as cool as like the imperial emperor's guard in star wars so like yeah they can fuck right off <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway i finally got around to that so that was cool um and then i had one last thing which is not a full movie but it's something that's premiering uh at south by southwest so I just found out from some friends through the old Seattle Pacific University circle that um, some former grads um, uh, worked on this movie called Prospect, which is a sci-fi Western. And they made a short film like four years ago or something. It's like less than 15 minutes on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, it looks pretty cool. It's uh, Wait, what's it called? It's called Prospect. The short is? The short and the feature. Okay. But the feature length is going to have, you know, different actors, all that stuff. Sure. If, if finally, Dane DeHaan. Uh, actually, <laughs> the guy who plays Oberon from Game of Thrones is in it. Oh, and, yeah. um, the, vi- the Viper, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of the the Duplass, the, Joshi from Transparent. Jay? Jay Duplass is in it. Um, oh, so, Joshi. Joshi. So a couple of... Uh, you know, pretty pretty big That's name, cool. pretty well known actors. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's been picked up. I think it premiered last night, actually. But if you're interested, you should watch the trailer because it was all filmed in the, um, I think, in the Olympic Peninsula. One of my friends saw o- Oberon at a coffee shop in Seattle and was like, "Hey, I think I saw this guy." And then, sure enough, I looked it up and he was filming up here. So nice. Anyway, hopefully, it gets uh, picked up and put in some theaters. 
Okay. Cool. So we should watch the short and the trailer? Um, either way. I don't know. Watch the trailer. Did you watch the short? Watch the trailer. Yeah, I watched it last night. Okay. Yeah. It was really simple. It's pretty cool, though. They're like harvesting some sort of substance in what is basically just a Washington forest. But like it looks really cool. And then they're narrating over the top and saying, this isn't our planet. We came here for this special substance. But they are prospectors. So they're just like a couple people trying to strike it rich. And then other people could also be there to try and murder them for their stuff. Hmm. Tight. Check it out. out. Yeah. Watch the trailer. Can't beat that 15 minute running time. So. Well, yeah. I mean, just watch the pr- the trailer and then if you are or interested, intrigued. then you can watch the short film. Yeah. Work your way up. Cool. Uh, I got two things left to talk about. Uh, I watched Veronica. Either of you know what this is? Nope. Netflix horror film. Uh, not, not a Netflix original, but it's on Netflix. And it is a Spanish film mm. from 2017. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of a, a haunting movie, you know, kind of like a possession, supernatural thriller type thing. Right. Uh, set in Spain based on like a real like police case. And essentially there's this girl, Veronica, who she's like 15 or 16 and she's the oldest of like four siblings. And she like kind of runs the household because their mother like works all the time and she's just kind of never around. So she's kind of in charge of like running the household as far as like getting the kids ready for bed, getting ready for school, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like pretty eerie. It's very well done. It looks good. Um, there's some really cool stylistic choices. And it's just, un- like, unnerving. Like, it's not anything groundbreaking. I don't think it re- is really treading any new territory. Um, but it's genuinely pretty creepy. And it's very effective. Um, I gave it, like, four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's definitely worth checking out. I'd be interested. Yeah. It's it's cool. Um, it's gotten a lot of praise um, by critics. I think on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's, like... 90 percent or something like that nice um definitely worth checking out it's only like hour and 40 minutes or something any recognizable actors or anything no one that i would recognize but the 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 performances are solid you know yeah i mean it's it's always a little hard to tell when it's in a a foreign (laughs) language language, you know um but it's good some genuinely creepy moments i like the ending i'd watch that veronica check it out travis that veronica vaughn is one fine piece of ace. No? Is that uh, <laughs> uh, Days and Confused? No, Billy Madison. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I might check it out. It's cool. It's on Netflix. Recently added. Good chip. Better than uh, that black and white horror movie you were... Eyes of My Mother? Yeah. No. Okay. So They're different. That'll though. be first. They're different. Uh, I don't know how much you heard, but Veronica is kind of like a supernatural ghost kind of haunting type of thing yeah possession it's not really it's not my gig man just uh, just check it out uh and then that brings us to john dealman hey oh saw your star rating saw your text the night you were watching oh my god you would describe this as the the ultimate 
slow burn? It was. I was kind of kidding, but I mean, it is. <laughs> In the sense that it's fucking three hours of her washing dishes. Three plus her hours. Her making dinner. Her talking to her shitty son. Her <laughs> doing, like, sex work. Like... I get what the movie was going for, and I, I didn't hate it by any means, yeah. but it is a slog. I feel like it's what am I missing? It's definitely not entertaining, but like if you were to view it as like a piece of art, like it's great. I don't think it needed to like I get it. Like I got it like an hour in. I was right. like, okay, I get it. Like I feel like three hours of that didn't make it better. Yeah, and that's, like, I can totally see that, because, like, for me, that was just, I mean, for anyone, that has to be too long, like, to sit through and, and watch, like, the mundane lifestyle of hers, but, like, that's kind of the point, is to, like, I know, yeah, invest it's yourself like the into physical it. experience of, like, actually being there with her while she's doing, like, I get yeah. it. <sighs> it's just so boring i i agree agree. god and i feel like the payoff is not even like it's not even that cool it's kind of uneventful and then it happens and then there's just like 10 minutes i don't think the movie was trying to be cool well you know what i mean like (laughs) it's building up like there's this impending sense of doom that kind of kicks in the last like hour of this fucking three hour and 20 minute film where she's like she's kind of you see the screws coming loose in her head and she's like she just looks different she's feet she like her physicality she's like is frazzled, different kind of yeah yeah so you know it's building to something and then what it builds to is like <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand like what it was about that experience that caused her to I'll say break. I don't want to be more like specific than that. I don't know, man. I appreciate it, but that's not a movie. I'm it, no, like it's not one I would recommend. <laughs> I'm not willing to invest. It, like you were talking about how you'll only ever see Stalker again if you see it in a theater. You know, like, yeah. Uh, that's not a movie I'm willing to like give a second chance to. You yeah. know, like I'm not gonna say I'll never watch it again, but. Well, I feel like you don't need to watch it again. Like once you've seen it once, I mean, you, you've you already put yourself through that one time, and like it's not like you're going to gain anything a second time, and it's not like it's that enjoyable to where you would like want to go back to it a second time. I think the the thing for me was that I I pretty early on kind of understood what it was doing, so I knew it's not like there was this like realization like oh this movie like is doing this deliberately to make me feel a certain way i yeah. knew what it was doing before that so then it was just like me enduring another two plus hours do you think maybe. if it was like maybe an hour shorter it would have been better less of a slog yeah i don't know that might diminish its effect because yeah, that's it's a weird very revered <laughs> movie like it's weird because if you, if you cut down the runtime, you're kind of taking away from the point of it. But like the extended runtime, just like kind of leaves the viewer like bored. I, I can't imagine anyone watching this and being like riveted or thrilled by. There's it. hardly any cuts in the movie, and it's a lot of basically the entire movie takes place like in her home. Yeah. So it's a lot of stationary cameras in the same positions throughout the movie. Like they'll change slightly, especially in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, 
But a lot of it is just like you're in the same rooms, cameras in the same spot. You're watching her fucking make a whatever she's making, watching her do her dishes. Like, ah, oh, man. I am. I'm glad that I can now say like I've got that film under my belt. I understand its importance. Like I know, like that's a very like revered film. Not for me. Yeah, I'm very. I feel like I have more patience for this kind of stuff than you. So I'm surprised that you you gave it like five out of five, didn't you? Yeah, I'm very surprised that that you liked it more than I did because I'm a more patient movie watcher than you are. You're the you're the guy who's like I watch movies to be entertained. I know what the fuck happened here. Travis is the guy. <laughs> There's an exception to every rule, Matt. <laughs> That's true. I just thought it was very important and like what it does is impactful and sure it's kind of boring and it's over long but like i think like what it's trying to do and what it actually did is is impactful yeah totally and it's a very important like feminist film because the whole thing she's basically the only character for most of the movie and it's like dealing with the you know the mundane experience of like this was before spotify so before netflix like she's not just like hanging out in the kitchen like listening to music and stuff she's just like it's just silent she's got yeah. her fucking you know her apron on and she's cooking and it's silent and it's repetitive tasks like and you see it wear on her but i like i get that i get what it was doing i just like enduring it didn't make it more impactful for me you yeah know what I mean? well and also like i feel like dynamics have kind of changed over the years but like back when that movie was made like there were women who basically dedicated their entire lives to like serving other people whether it be like their husband or their children like you see her do so many selfless acts through the entire movie and i'm not saying like you miss this Mm -hmm. but like it the entire three hours is watching her do all these selfless acts and then like finally she like hits a tipping point and so like that's why it was impactful for me just because like it's kind of just like it makes you like realize like even like your own mother like how much she probably did for you that you take for granted you know what i mean like yeah yeah, totally and i think that's what it's trying to do and like yeah sure it's long and boring but i think it is impactful and it it does something like artful and like cool that's not a good word yeah yeah (laughs) but i mean also like viewing it in context like that movie was made in 1975 like taking that approach to that that subject matter, like that's had to be pretty provocative for its time. Yeah, you know? it's just you know, we live in an age where like you know the modern woman has been liberated in a sense that she's not forced to be a, a homemaker if she doesn't want to. You know, like it's just yeah. I understand the concept of it, but you know we live in a day and age where like that's no longer a reality if you don't want it to be. Not to say yeah. that there aren't a, a million other obstacles in the way of women in the modern world, but for its time, like I would imagine, like which I guess I hadn't really thought of, like thought of it for its time, like how essential it was. But I also can't deny the fact that like it's, it's tough to get through. Well, yeah, I, I say like I think the five stars just come from like it's an important piece of like cinema, but like it's not something I'd be like. You guys got to watch it. Five out of five. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mainly made you watch it to like pay back for Stalker because that was like vengeful. long and boring to me. So. <laughs> wow. All right. Vindictive. Anything else before we get into uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game? No, I think we're 
We're good. Let's do it. It's my turn. So this week, I picked Scanners, a David Cronenberg classic. And neither of you have seen it. So, Very mixed uh, on this guy. You, uh, yeah. What's uh, remind me? What's uh, what's the Cronenberg stuff you do like? History of Violence is cool, but I've never understood why it's regarded as highly as it is. What about Eastern Promises? I do like that one. He did both of those. Yeah, I, oh, like I had that no idea. Cronenberg. Yeah. I also like that one quite a bit, but I wouldn't say it's amazing. Dude, the fucking knife fight. It's yeah. sweet. Knife fight. No, it's good. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> That's one scene in the movie. It's one of the best yeah. scenes of all time uh, in any movie. His early horror stuff that I've seen is good. I really like The Fly. That maybe is my favorite movie of his. Yeah, The Fly is pretty dope. What are the two that I saw of his? Uh, it's like the two like zombie-esque type movies. It's uh, Rabbit and one that's very similar to it. God damn it. I've seen it. I've seen both of them. Rabid and... Uh, oh God, It's the one with a really cool alternate title. Uh, in... No, not Inside. Oh, you want me to do it? Fuck. Yeah, do it. Shivers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shivers. Shivers. Yes. Shivers me timbers. Yep. But there, he's, he's made some stuff that I hate. Cosmopolis, Videodrome, Map to the Stars... Don't get it. Well, okay. So most people don't like Crash Cosmopolis. Too. Crash is dope. <laughs> no. Crash is Having dope. Sex with cars. Hell yeah. <laughs> Not with cars. We make this joke every time. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I do. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, Tom, how much familiarity do you have with David Cronenberg? Uh, not much, seen? but I have seen both History of Violence and Eastern Promises, Eastern Promises which I, I liked both and want to rewatch both. Uh I the saw fly? The Fly, but I feel like it was just on TV a lot, and I'd come in, and my dad would be watching The Fly, and I'd, it was always at the final scene where he's transforming, and I was just like, ugh. The Grundle Fly? This is gross. Dude, but that I don't movie think is I ever gnarly. Saw. That's his name. Oh, I thought you were making, like, is that actually his name in the movie? That's the name of the thing. That's the name of the creature. Oh. Grundle Fly? Oh. Because there's... Sorry, this is like probably completely off topic, but what's the character's name in, um, oh God, <laughs> what's that animation movie that Robert Zemeckis directed with, is it Grendel who's in it? It's like the classic Rango? tale, no, uh, Beowulf. Oh, Beowulf. What is the thing in, is it called Grendel? Like, oh, yeah, Grendel. Yeah, Grendel, yeah. yeah. So this is called the Grendel Flood. Grendel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just they're kind of similar looking creatures when you say the Grundlefly. Grundlefly. Anyway, so I picked Scanners. So for anyone who is not familiar with the Rotten Tomatoes game, we take turns picking a movie that the other two hosts have not seen, and then they anonymous well not anonymously, but they don't know what they pick. So what they're doing here is they're picking what they think is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for the film loser has to watch the movie so i picked scanners and i have the sticky notes with their responses (laughs) i have in my hand the envelope okay so this is from tom tom went with 84 percent for scanners Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have uh travis's uh burrito rolled up you're gonna love this (laughs) travis 
went with 85 percent the old price is right <laughs> oh my gosh come on maybe the rotten tomatoes critic score for david cronenberg's film scanners released in 1981 is 80 percent fuck me you fucking suck at this not that i was far off from tom but i do but still you for whatever reason i can't win that's all right can't win that's all right um i own the criterion so i'll I'll bring it to work tomorrow because i meant to bring uh strangers and john dealman but i was all of my stuff you guys need to fucking figure it out tom raid two post texas (laughs) get on it matt uh the mechanic mechanic little Little children. children Patrick Wilson's balls. Come on, Gotta dude. get it's in there. Gotta see those You don't balls. tell me what to watch. <laughs> well, then give me my movies back. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm they're, they're Tom's. Those now, are man. like two five out of five all day favorites of mine. They're both very long. I know, but very worth it. Dude, it's like squatter's rights. Like once you've had it for long enough, yeah. like no. fucking Tom's. No. Like, those movies are mine now. You're not going to push it back. This I think Matt this will be the last my copy of Doom, <laughs> and it's basically his now. Oh, I do still have Doom. Don't See, you? wow, that's how it works. I think Matt's just terrible at giving stuff back. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just take forever to watch it. Once I watch it, I give it back right away. You've, mm-hmm. you've had little children in your possession for probably a year now. But once I watch it, I give it right back. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I have it. I know it's not mine. <laughs> okay. You'll get it back. All right. Just saying. I just you guys need to watch your stuff that you want to borrow right, from me. Right. Hey, don't worry about your little collection. It's all going to be I fine. I am worried about it. <laughs> I obsess over it on a daily basis. Um, hey, what do we got coming up next? Guys? A lot of good stuff coming up I know, in the next I feel like month. Some good stuff. Uh, is Tom Brader going to be out? Tomba. What? Tom Brady. Tomba Raider. <laughs> Oh, Tomb Raider. Oh, Tomb Raider. Oh, yes. That comes out next weekend. Sick. Um, Something here. Let me look this up. Because um, something comes Isle out. Isle of the Dogs week- might be coming out. Yes, that's that. That's uh, what it is. Uh-huh. It comes out the weekend we're going to be recording. So gotta, it's Isle of Pacific Dogs. Rim, I think. Gotta do it. Ooh, oh, yeah. Don't gotta do that. Ooh. Did you see the original Pacific Rim, Tom? No. No, no, no. No. Um, yeah, for sure, Isle of Dogs. That comes out on the 23rd, I believe, which is the night of my party. So, right. you guys will have to see it Saturday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something else, too. Some- what, when are we recording? It's that gonna, weekend? It's gonna have to be that, either that Saturday night or that Sunday. Okay. We'll, have to, we'll need to have time to see Isle of Dogs. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. Oh, Unsane, too. Also comes out the 23rd. Dope. I don't know. And, yeah, and Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh, and Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes, baby. That's the one. We're there. That's basically it, though. Uh, next weekend is Tomb Raider and Love, Simon. I don't really care about either of those. Tomb Raider looks pretty fucking bad. Have you guys seen those trailers? Oh, come on, man. It's Not excited. A, I do I do want to <laughs> see it, but... Yeah, I'll watch well, it. Well, okay, I don't want to see it, but I'll I, will, watch it. I will see it. Yeah, of all the stuff that's coming out, I would definitely... Like Tomb Raider is one of the ones I'd hey. be like, I'll watch that. You know, you were never really here. Comes out like the first weekend of April. Of April, yeah. Very excited. Anyway, did you know Johnny Greenwood's doing the score for that movie? Yes, too? I did. 
Lynn Ramsey, also Johnny Greenwood, cool. Joaquin it's Phoenix. It's got the makings of like a favorite movie. It's you're gonna <laughs> fucking cream over this thing. It's gonna be your favorite film of the year. Oh yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Digest. Shoot us an email, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Uh, thank everyone, or thank you, everyone who is listening to our show. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Later, everybody. Just plus pray. Grip it and sip it. Seems to come so natural